Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. This is Radio Free Mormon on the air, broadcasting behind enemy lines. Tonight's episode, Operation Underground Railroad, Child Sex Abuse Allegations. Well, now it is Wednesday morning. It is September 20th, 2023. It is 7.14 a.m. my time. And I'm looking at the church newsroom website to see if they have at last, at long last, at way too long last, released some kind of a statement regarding the Tim Ballard situation. And I see nothing there. No, it's the same as it was yesterday when I reported at this time. The latest news release is from yesterday, and it's regarding church leaders inaugurating Shane Reese as the 14th president of BYU. So that's what's dominating the news releases at the newsroom of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. There's a couple of things to talk about today. The first is that Tim Ballard has now responded to the allegations made in the Vice News article about seven women who were employees of him claiming sexual misconduct against Tim Ballard while they were on their missions together. And they basically all line up along the same way is my understanding is these allegations, and they're only allegations at this point, is that Tim would have women go with him on missions to pose as his wife and then ask them to do things that a husband and a wife would do, like showering together or sleeping in the same bed, all in order to fool the sex traffickers into thinking that they were really married. Those are the general gist of the allegations. Tim Ballard has now come out with a denial, a formal denial of those allegations. And this came out yesterday on September 19th, 2023. I am on the website of, let's see. Well, I'm not sure that's probably an advertisement there, but the title is Sound of Freedom Subject Tim Ballard denies Vice News claims about sexual misconduct. He says they are baseless accusations. This is written by John F. Trent. And it's actually in the boundingintocomics.com website. It wasn't an ad. This is actually the website. So this is the article. Tim Ballard, the founder of Operation Underground Railroad and the subject of the summer blockbuster hit Sound of Freedom vehemently denied sexual misconduct claims alleged by media outlet Vice News. He says, no, this is the article, not only would Vice News report these claims, but reporter Lynn Kenneth Packer shared an anonymous letter that claims, quote, an OUR employee who accompanied Tim on an undercover operation filed a sexual harassment complaint against him with OUR's Human Resources, HR Department. This resulted in an intensive Extensive, excuse me, in an extensive internal investigation into Tim and his individual operational tactics and led to more women speaking up as part of the investigation process, period, end of quote, from Lynn Packer, synonymous letter. The letter continued, quote, it was ultimately revealed through disturbingly specific and parallel accounts that Tim has been deceitfully and extensively grooming and manipulating multiple women for the past two to three years with the ultimate intent of coercing them to participate in sexual acts with him under the premise of going wherever it takes and doing whatever it takes to save a child. Okay, so that's the nature of the allegations to which Tim Ballard is going to be responding now. An OUR spokesman, says spokesman, I'll say spokesperson, responded to Vice News claims against Ballard stating, quote, 
Kim Ballard resigned from OUR on June 22nd, 2023. He has permanently separated from OUR. The spokesman continued, OUR is dedicated to combating sex abuse and does not tolerate sexual harassment or discrimination by anyone in its organization. OUR retained an independent law firm to conduct a comprehensive investigation of all relevant allegations. And OUR continues to assess and improve the governance of the organization and protocols for its operation. And it goes on with this statement by the OUR spokesperson to preserve the integrity of its investigation and to protect the privacy of all persons involved, OUR will not make any further public comment at this time. OUR is confident in its future as the leading organization committed to combating sex trafficking and saving children who have been captured and sold into slavery. Okay, that's the end of the quote from the official OUR statement. The article goes on. Tim Ballard responded to the allegations in a statement through the Spear Fund, quote, as with all of the assaults on my character and integrity over many years, the latest tabloid-driven sexual allegations are false, period, end of quote. Okay, so that's his denial. Not only does it denial the allegations about sexual conduct or harassment, he's basically saying all the assaults on his character and integrity over many years, they're all false as well. He continued in his statement, they are baseless inventions designed to destroy me and the movement we have built to end the trafficking and exploitation of vulnerable children. Tim Ballard also stated, during my time at OUR, I designed strict guidelines for myself and our operators in the field. Sexual contact was prohibited, and I led by example. Given our meticulous attention to this issue, any suggestion of inappropriate sexual contact is categorically false. So that is Tim Ballard's statement denying the allegations of sexual conduct or sexual harassment levied at him apparently by several women, if not seven women, who were employees of OUR and who made these claims of sexual harassment against him. So the allegations have been made, the allegations have been denied, and now we'll have to see in future days where the evidence leads us. Now, there has been another story that came out yesterday on September 19th, 2023 from Vice News. And this has to do with some allegations about a member of OUR fondling the breasts of an underage girl. Now, I'm going to talk about that tonight. I just want everybody to know that that's going to be the subject. So if you've got the kids in the room, get them out. If this is triggering to you, go ahead and tune out at this point. But this is the new story from the Vice News. The first thing to point out is that this allegation, and once again, this is just an allegation at this point, is not being made against Tim Ballard. I think there might be some confusion out there because there's so many things going on at once. But this allegation is not made against Tim Ballard. It is made instead against another person involved with Operation Underground Railroad. And this person is named Paul Hutchinson. Paul Hutchinson, yes. He's an executive producer of Sound of Freedom. And I, now I'm going from the Vice article. The film focused on the heavily fictionalized exploits of anti-trafficking activist Tim Ballard. And Paul Hutchison touched the naked breasts of an apparently underage trafficking victim during a 2006 undercover operation in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. Once again, that is the allegation that's being made in this article. I am not vouching for the truth of the allegation, merely reporting it here. The article goes on footage 
of the incident. So apparently they're claiming it's on film. Footage of the incident and its aftermath was captured by videographers working with Operation Underground Railroad, the private anti-trafficking group Tim Ballard founded. An investigator with the Davis County Attorney's Office, remember once again, Vice News has obtained all of these, these documents and all of these apparently filmed too, from a lengthy criminal investigation that occurred into Tim Ballard and Operation Underground Railroad. No criminal charges were forthcoming from that investigation. It concluded some time ago, but it's from these documents that Vice News obtained by a Freedom of Information Act request that they are reporting. Okay, footage of the incident. That's where they would have gotten it. And it goes on to say, an investigator with the Davis County Attorney's Office, that was that investigation, right? Obtained the footage and wrote detailed descriptions of it as part of a criminal investigation into Ballard, Tim Ballard, and Operation Underground Railroad carried out with the FBI. That investigation was closed this year without any charges being brought. The descriptions were included among documents obtained by Vice News through a public records request and make clear that the trafficking victim appeared to be and was believed at the time by Paul Hutchinson and Operation Underground Railroad operatives to be operatives to be about 16 years old. They also assert that Underground Railroad believed the footage had been destroyed. So they don't have the footage. What they have is a detailed description of the footage, which was apparently viewed by an investigator with the Davis County Attorney's Office. He reviews the footage, he watches it, or she, then takes detailed notes about it. It's the detailed notes that were obtained by Vice News. And that's what they're basing the story on. They don't have the actual footage anymore. And Operation Underground Railroad apparently asserts that it had been destroyed. That's unfortunate. The article goes on. A description of one of the videos written by an investigator shows Hutchinson, Paul Hutchinson, expressing concerns over whether he could be prosecuted by Mexican authorities over the incident. He was speaking to Matt Osborne, an Operation Underground Railroad operative. And I'm going to start saying O-U-R for Operation Underground Railroad. O-U-R. So Matt Osborne, an O-U-R operative, who dismissed his worries, Paul Hutchinson's worries, while making clear he, Matt, didn't think the video should be shown to the U.S. government. Well, you think? No, no, you don't want that getting into the hands of the U.S. government. Matt Osborne is currently the president and chief operating officer of OUR, as he has been since Tim Ballard resigned from the organization earlier this year following an internal investigation into allegations of sexual misconduct. So Matt Osborne is the top guy now at OUR, and he, according to the notes obtained by Vice News, Matt Osborne, current president of OUR, was speaking with Paul Hutchinson, and Paul Hutchinson was expressing concerns over whether Paul Hutchinson could get prosecuted by Mexican authorities over the incident. And Matt Osborne, current president of OUR, dismisses his worries while making clear that Matt Osborne didn't think the video should be shown to the U.S. government. Okay. Going on, Paul Hutchinson, 52 years old, is an anti-trafficking activist, philanthropist. Excuse me, my screen just jumped. Yes, he's an anti-trafficking activist, philanthropist, entrepreneur, entrepreneur with lines in, among other things, ballistic protection technology and private vaults, who's been associated with the Utah anti-trafficking movement. Okay, according to his LinkedIn, he was the first investor in the movie Sound of Freedom. 
Currently affiliated with the Child Liberation Foundation, he was a key fundraiser and operative for OUR before splitting with Tim Ballard several years ago. Over, as he put it, in an email to Vice News. So apparently, this is Paul Hutchinson sending an email to Vice News saying that he split with Tim Ballard several years ago because of, quote, similar reasons as those you are bringing to light in your stories, period, end of quote. Uh Uh-oh, so it sounds like Paul Hutchinson is saying, He knew about what was going on and basically vouching for the truth of what it is that Vice News is reporting and saying that's why he split with Tim Ballard several years ago. Going on, provided with a detailed description of what was in the investigative files, Paul Hutchinson did not deny that the videos showed him doing what the investigator's description said they did or dispute that he had felt the trafficking victim's naked breasts. He did dispute that she was a minor asserting that he had a sworn affidavit from Mexican federal police saying that she was over 18. He did not respond to multiple requests sent over a period of weeks to provide a copy of this document. A detailed description of another video shows Paul Hutchinson potentially creating demand for trafficking while posing as a wealthy uh, sex tourist. According to an investigator's description, he asked a trafficker who was showing him pictures of sex workers for younger girls. So Paul Hutchinson is seeing pictures of girls shown him by a sex trafficker, and Paul Hutchinson is asking the sex trafficker for younger girls, or as he and the trafficker both described them, mas fresca, forgive my uh, my Spanish. The trafficker, according to the investigator's description of the video, tells women who are working with him to find girls as young as 14 to provide to Hutchinson. So this is part of the problem is that they're out there trying to find the young kids who are trafficking, they're talking to traffickers. This trafficker is showing them pictures of girls who are too old, so they ask for younger kids. And believe it or not, there's a demand, and the trafficker now provides the supply of younger girls. And this is why the story says that this may inadvertently be increasing the demand and increasing, actually, the number of children being trafficked. There is no suggestion going on with the article There is no suggestion in the files that Hutchinson's behavior was aimed at anything but identifying and exposing traffickers. But federal agents with extensive experience working undercover overseas told Vice News that Hutchinson's methods ran contrary to best practice. Okay, I'm going to just break in here for a second. Law enforcement, which these guys are not, by the way, critical difference, but law enforcement can and sometimes does, actually frequently does, violate the law in order to catch bad guys. Now, this most frequently shows up in the area of drugs. If you're an undercover cop, you're still a police officer, you can go out and you can buy drugs from somebody on the street, and that is not going to get you prosecuted, right? You're breaking the law because if I went out and bought drugs from somebody on the street, I would be committing a felony. There's a special exception carved out for law enforcement that they can do that. They won't get prosecuted even though it is a crime under the law because they're breaking the law in order to catch the bad guys. That's drugs. That's not a sex investigation. When it comes to sex investigations, my understanding is with every law enforcement agency that I've had dealings with, and I expect it's uniform pretty much across the country of the United States, is that they're not going to go that far in sex investigations. In other words, they're not going to have sexual contact or any kind of sexual relations with somebody as part of an investigation. That's a bright line as I understand it. And this is a bright line that it seems like Paul Hutchinson may have stepped over. Once again, he's not even law enforcement. 
So he doesn't have that kind of, um, oh, um, a defense, right? He doesn't have that kind of a defense. He's just a guy who's in Mexico doing things that are probably against the law and probably why it was very concerning to him as to whether this uh, young girl was 16 or 18, right? The difference doesn't have to be whether it's any less, I don't know, morally unacceptable to quote Elder Ballard, but whether it's legal, that's what he's talking about there, I think. So going on, Tim Ballard, no, 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 rather than finding minors who were already being trafficked, requesting younger victims while undercover could cause traffickers to try and find people to fill that request. In other words, such a request would not rescue trafficking victims, potentially. It could potentially create them. That's the concern with this whole scenario, that law enforcement agencies who do this for the government have with this particular kind of procedure. The article goes on. Tim Ballard, who has said he is likely to run for the Senate seat Mitt Romney is vacating, did not respond to requests for comment for this story. OUR provided a statement, which can be found below. Here's their statement. There is a lot to the story about Paul Hutchinson and the alleged touching of the young girl's breasts. There is a lot to the story, a very dangerous situation, and I'm happy to let the world know the details when the time is right. So this is uh, Hutchinson writing in an email to Vice News that's being quoted directly from him, apparently. Every operator who was present stands behind me in how I reacted to the situation. I have zero reservations as to how I handled myself undercover. He goes on, you don't find traffic children in the lobby of the Ritz-Carlton. We had to go to the most dangerous places on the planet to find the children. All my undercover work was done with integrity and honor. Okay, so that's not a denial. What he's basically doing is by not denying it, he's tacitly admitting that this happened, but he believes that it was necessary in order to find traffic children. I'm going to continue with this article here in a second, but this brings us to this next question and this next issue about ends versus means. We've all heard the expression, the ends justify the means. And I think we've all been trained pretty well to reject that as a, a way that we should live our lives because we always hear the ends don't justify the means, or if we hear the ends justify the means, it's not something that's good. All right, having said that, I think that we all would agree that sometimes the ends do justify the means. And what this would have to do with the classic example, you're a, a German, you're in uh, World War II Germany, you have a Jewish family hidden in your attic, and the German soldiers come to the door and knock and they ask you, do you have any Jews hidden in your attic? Do you tell them the truth or do you lie? Because if you lie, then they will be safe. But if you tell the truth, then the German soldiers will go upstairs, arrest them, and send them off to the camps. What do you do? Most people, most people would say, yeah, I'd lie to the Germans to protect the Jewish family. Okay, that's sort of a small case. But what we're talking about is the ends justifying the means. We know that telling the truth is good. We believe that telling a lie is wrong. But if the ends of saving lives is greater than what we believe the means of saving those lives is, those lives is which is telling a lie then most people don't have a problem with it there's another classic example and that is uh, once again world war ii germany right if you could go back 
to 1930s Germany, and if you could find Hitler and knowing the way that history is going to unfold from there and the huge Holocaust that he's going to be unleashing upon the world and also upon the Jewish people, would you kill him before any of that happened in order to prevent it from happening? That's a question that's raised frequently too. You've probably heard it before, but once again, that question gets to, do the ends justify the means? Does the, do the ends of saving thousands and thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of people through war and the desolation of war, are those ends sufficiently great to justify the means of committing a murder of one person? That's the question. Do the ends justify the means? Most people would say, yeah, they would do that. So people do understand that sometimes the ends do justify the means. Strangely, we even encounter that same kind of situation in the opening pages of the Book of Mormon with Nephi and Laban. That's a total, do the ends justify the means kind of scenario. Do the means of just, uh, excuse me, do the means of killing Laban justify the ends of getting the brass plates and taking them with the family so that their posterity does not perish and dwindle in unbelief, regardless of where you fall on those issues, which side you fall on that Nephi was justified or Nephi wasn't justified, that's a very personal kind of analysis. And different people are going to fall on different sides of that issue. So the question always is, are the ends great enough to justify whatever means you need to use to get to those ends? And if those means are murder or even other criminal activity, which could include or be encompassed within this idea of child molestation, that's the question. So here, let me put it to you this way. If you knew that because you molested this child, you'd be able to save one child, a different child, from being trafficked, sex trafficked, or from slavery, would that be enough? Would those ends justify the means to get there? Okay? Once again, I'm not coming down on one side or the other. I'm just raising it as the issue because this is the issue that's going on in this story, and this is the issue that Paul Hutchinson is thinking about, and it's apparent that from his response, he would fall on this side of the issue. In other words, yes, it was justified to do that in order to serve the greater good of saving children from being sex trafficked. The other thing that's going on here is this isn't happening in a laboratory. It's not clinical conditions. He's on the street, he's undercover, he's dealing with a sex trafficker, and believe it or not, once bad guys get wind of the fact that good guys are setting up sting operations for them, the bad guys are going to want the good guys to do something bad to prove to the bad guys that the good guys are not good guys, right? And if the good guys don't do it, the bad guys know that they're good guys, there's a sting operation going on, and then they go away. They're not going to have anything to do with them. What do you do? That's the question. That's the question this brings up. So continuing with the article now. The footage reviewed by investigators was taken as part of the filming of The Abolitionists, a 2016 documentary movie and 2019 television series featuring Paul Hutchinson. The documentaries valorize the exploits of Ballard, Tim Ballard, and OUR who are depicted carrying out private undercover operations in foreign countries aimed at liberating child sex slaves. It says that... Um, the producers and directors for the film did not respond to requests for comment from Vice News. No, I imagine not. 
Going on, the files obtained by Vice News consist of audio transcripts and and timestamped descriptions of what investigator Brian Purdy of the Davis County Attorney's Office saw while reviewing the footage, which OUR, according to an investigator's note, believed it had scrubbed. So they think that OUR has scrubbed the footage. They don't have the footage. They just have the notes that were made. Yes, I think that's been established. A description of one video, which was going by its associated file name taken in February 2016 using an earphone cam, starts, quote, Paul Hutchinson and his team are standing in the street area talking with local men, period, end of quote. They cross the street and go into a club where females are seen walking toward them down a staircase. The description goes on. A female gets to the bottom of the stairs and there is an adult male standing to her left side. The male is wearing a light colored shirt with long sleeves and a necktie. The male uses both of his hands to lift the female shirt up to her shoulders, exposing her naked breasts. While he continues to hold the female shirt up with both hands, another adult male approaches from directly in front of the female. This male identified as Paul Hutchinson based on his own statements on a phone call to Matt Osborne is wearing a light colored shirt with short sleeves. Paul approaches the female and lifts both of his hands and places them on each of the female's naked breasts. The female uses her hand to push down Paul's hands and pulls her shirt down. There is another female standing above them higher on the stairway wearing a dark colored skirt or shorts and a dark colored tube top shirt. The notes go on. Paul leans in and kisses the first female on the side of the cheek. The adult male and the white shirt in the white shirt, according to the description, goes outside with Paul Hutchinson and his team. Quote, you want more touch feel? Oh, no, more touch, he says. Another man says, you like more 16? And that he can provide IDs. Hutchinson pays one of these men, which isn't made clear in the description, money. So he pays money to one of the men for showing him to me right there. Purdy, the investigator, also wrote a description of a second video, which to go by its file name was taken the same day as the first one using a backpack cam. We have this, another girl like her, and then there's an inaudible part there, another girl like her, says a local male's voice, according to the description, 16, she's 16. So what they're saying is that um, the sex trafficker is representing this girl as being 16 to Paul Hutchinson. All right, one of the... OUR operatives is heard saying, let's get the hell out of here. Yeah, I'm sure that's what they were thinking at this time. Paul Hutchinson is heard saying, yeah, let's get out of here. I'm down a grand. So apparently he paid $1,000 for the privilege of this, um, uh, this activity that he did, of the groping of the young girl. For 1000 bucks, you got your hands on some breasts, says a male voice to laughter. Yeah, that's probably very, very highly paid. What was I going to do? Asked the second male voice, whose words are described as being interrupted repeatedly by laughter. Okay, she's 16. Here, feel them. They're nice. I'm like, shit, those are 16. This is all from the transcription of the audio. And these would apparently be the words of Paul Hutchinson. What was I going to do? Okay, she's 16. Here, feel them. They're nice. I'm like, shit, those are 16. So, It seems like he's in a position where he feels he has to do this in order to prove to the sex trafficker that he really is a sex trafficker, which is what he's posing as. All right. You think they're underage, huh? Asks the first male voice. Oh, yes, is a third male voice. I would put money on that. The men continue their discussion for a bit before the first male voice says, yeah, those girls were young, man. 
The second male voice says, I don't know how wise it was to grab that girl's boobs, though. That's the second male voice. And the first male voice says, you didn't get that on video or, or anything, did you? That's what the first male voice says. In a statement to Vice News, Paul Hutchinson wrote, in regards to the, to the undercover mission in Cabo San Lucas, 23 victims were liberated. See, there's the ends. Do they justify the means? And some very bad men are now in prison. There's the ends. Do they justify the means? Your reference, he goes on, your reference to the trafficker testing our legitimacy is a non-story. I have a sworn affidavit by the federal police saying she was over 18. A description of a third video covers a February 28th, 2016 phone call between Paul Hutchinson and Matt Osborne. During the call, which took place on speakerphone and was filmed in a room with Paul Hutchinson and several other men in it, Matt Osborne talks to the videographer filming the call about the hard drive containing the footage he shot, at which point Paul Hutchinson brings up the incident at the club. Mm -hmm. During the conversation, he refers to himself in the third person as Paul Stone. A reference, according to Purdy's description of the video, to the alias he used while undercover. Okay, so that's his alias, Paul Stone. Paul Hutchinson goes by Paul Stone when he's undercover. So he refers to himself in the third person as Paul Stone and asks if he's, quote, going to get in big trouble from the Mexican authority for touching a 16-year-old on film, period, end of quote. When you get the hard drive, I have to. I have to confess to something, he says, according to a transcript. But I believe that it helped to make them really believe that we weren't a police officer in any way. See, this is exactly what's going on in his mind. Uh, starts to laugh. So, so we... Uh, we, 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 I'm reading the transcript verbatim. So, so we, uh, we, we, we were taken to the, um, to the strip club. Paul laughs again, as well as the man next to him. I've got to imagine that's nervous laughter. Okay. So the very first time that V was vetting is out and, um, he took us, he took us to the strip club and the owner of the strip club brought down the miners. And um, and V's, the very first time V's, this is the letter V, it's just an initial. And the very first time V's shown us any minors and uh, brought them down these minors. Well, well, Paul Stone, referring to himself as the undercover name he was going by, is standing there at the bottom of the stairs. Apparently V is the, the sex trafficking guy. Um, he's standing there at the bottom of the stairs. A, these two girls working the strip club, these two minors come down. The owner of the strip club pulls up one of the shirts and grabs one of Paul Stone's hands and places it on her breasts. And so it's on the video. I just want to find out if I'm going to get in trouble with, from the Mexican authority for touching a 16-year-old on film. So it goes on with this transcript. Now, Matt Osborne asks, uh, is it clear that they pulled it, pulled your hand there? In the copy of the description, the article says, in the copy of the description obtained by Vice News, this entire passage is highlighted and the word lie, L-I-E, is written next to it with a margin note reading, Paul puts both hands on voluntarily. Those appear to be an investigator's notes. The Davis County Attorney's Office did not respond to a request for comment. So what they're saying is that on this description that they obtained at Vice News, this transcript of this audio recording or this video recording from this meeting it is recorded there that paul hutchinson says that the owner of this strip club or whatever it is put his hands forcibly 
on the girl's breasts, whereas it seems like it might have not been done forcibly, but voluntarily in order to maintain the cover. And so when the investigator is reading this, it looks like the investigator highlighted that part and put lie next to it. With a margin note reading, Paul puts both hands on voluntarily. All right. So going on with what Paul Hutchinson says, it's not clear on the video. I was standing on the side and he grabbed the hand from down on the right hand, on my right hand side as he pulled up her shirt and put him up. Paul then raised his hands, one his right hand while holding the phone and then raised his left hand in a motion of grabbing with his hand. And so we feel like, and if we were all there and we all feel like if I had hesitated and oh yeah, I'm not really interested in touching that right now as he was pulling it up, I think it would have thrown up a lot of red flags, um, but that is on the hard drive. I just wanted to run that by and see what your thoughts are, okay? Yeah, I don't think at this point that will be an issue. Maybe if it was the Mexicans, says Osborne, and we're sending it just the Mexicans. I don't want this video to be an HSI, to be to HSI, the U.S. Embassy, because I'm sure, and I've done it before too one time, I'm sure that Technically, you guys probably entrap some of these people. Try not to, yeah, and I've got and I've done it before accidentally. So I'm just content that is not an issue. Okay. So Matt Osborne is saying apparently he's done something similar before in order to maintain the cover, and he doesn't think it's going to be an issue because they're doing it for the greater good. A man sitting on a couch, according to the description, tells Hutchinson, the only thing you have to do is not tell your bishop. Paul Hutchinson laughs. A final description of a video carries no reference to when or where it was taken. According to an investigator's notes of this video, a trafficker is shown is showing Paul Hutchinson and a male associate photos of females on his phone. Paul and the other male are joking and they are old. They are saying that these females are old and saying 20, 22, 30, 40 years old. The trafficker says 16 and they ask him who. He replies he doesn't know them, but states these are the girls. Paul pulls out his wallet and gives the guy $20, then says, I'll give you $100 just to see them. Paul states, Mas pequeno, meaning more small, as he is handling or handing the trafficker the money. They continue to see images of women on the trafficker's phones of what appear, based upon Paul and other team member statements, to be adult women in their 20s and 30s. The traffickers try to say the girls are 16 or 17 because that's what they're willing to pay for, right? But Paul would say they looked like they were 30 and continued to ask for younger girls. Here's the issue about creating the demand. The description ends with an account of the trafficker talking to two females and telling them to go out and find La Mas Chicas, the smallest, the more young you can find. La Mas Chicas, once again, I apologize for my Spanish. I took German in high school and I served my mission in Japan. It goes on 16, 14, 15. He pay you in dollars. So there it is. Paul Hutchinson possibly creating the demand for children who would not have been in uh, the sex trafficking trade, except for the fact that they got pulled into it in order to supply the demand that he was creating. The article goes on. Tim Ballard did not respond to a request for comment. In response to other reporting Vice News has done about him recently, he issued a statement to a crowd in Boston and later another through the Spear Fund, his new organization referring to vice obliquely as a tabloid that is often hostile to people of faith. In response to requests for comment about this story as well as others, an OUR spokesperson sent one statement which reads as follows, 
These allegations have been raised previously, written about by Vice and thoroughly investigated by the Davis County District Attorney. That investigation concluded without the filing of any charges. Following Tim Ballard's departure from OUR three months ago, we have been working tirelessly to improve the efficiency and effectiveness of our domestic and international operations. At OUR, we are proud to support law enforcement in liberating any person in the grips of human trafficking or exploitation, and we strive to ensure ongoing aftercare for all those affected. Our resources have contributed to the arrest of over 7,400 suspected predators and have impacted the lives of over 7,800 individuals. Currently, we are carrying out an average of five missions per week worldwide. That seems like a lot of missions and a lot of people. We are committed to this important work until everyone in need is safe. And then Vice News has an update as of last evening, September 19th, Tuesday evening at 5.46 p.m. After publication, an OUR spokesperson provided additional comments saying that Matt Osborne promptly notified the Mexican Federal Police after an OUR employee told him about the incident, apparently the incident involving Paul Hutchinson. The statement adds that Mexican police investigated the incident and did not press charges as the woman was an adult, but adds that Hutchinson's actions do not represent OUR's standard operating procedure and were inappropriate regardless if the woman was an adult or not. All right. So that appears to be the end of the story here with regard to Paul Hutchinson. Once again, this is not Tim Ballard against whom these allegations are being made in this specific case with the underage girls in Mexico. It is Paul Hutchinson who is involved in OUR, but not Tim Ballard. Tim Ballard has enough problems of his own. I think it's really important that we keep this really clear as to who is being accused of what. So as of this time, it's now 7.52 a.m. Pacific time on Wednesday morning, September 20th, 2023. We still have nothing from the church. They have not released any statement to either corroborate or distance themselves from the statement that was issued last Friday on behalf of Elder Ballard, which started this whole kerfuffle. And in the meantime, Tim Ballard is moving. He's issuing statements. He is taking action against these allegations, whereas the church is just staying mum. It's all silent as the Sphinx from the church office building in Salt Lake City. That is not the right move for them to be making. They need to move quicker. I did remember, though, yesterday that a similar thing happened back in 2015. It was November 5th that that policy of exclusion was leaked. And that was a Thursday, as I recall. I could check it out, but I'm pretty sure it was a Thursday. Regardless, the church didn't say anything about that. And everybody was abuzz about this. Is this real? Is it not? Is it authentic? Is it not? And they made them wait. Well, until Friday, the following Friday, there was that interview with um, D. Todd Christofferson, right? Which certainly made it sound like it was legit. But it wasn't until the following Friday, I think it was November 13th, that the church finally got around to issuing a statement signed by the first presidency saying, yes, it's real, but. And then they changed a few things in it to make it less horrible. Though the changes really didn't make it that much less horrible. All right, so we will see. The church has a habit of waiting overly long to deal with these kinds of issues, and we'll see how long they wait to deal with this issue. As events unfold, I will be here to report them for you. That's about all for this morning. Until next time, this is Radio Free Mormon, signing off the air.